the vibes around IU football feel pretty good right now coming out of fall camp, heading into week one against Ohio State. But is this a team that can realistically make a bowl game this season? You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Wednesday, everybody. You are Locked On Hoosiers, the only daily IU podcast. We are part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Appreciate you guys tuning in wherever it may be from, making us your first listen every day, and hopefully leaving us a, a rating and review real quick while uh, while we get started here. I'm your host as always, Jacob. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. The vibes feel pretty good about IU football right now, but. This is still a team that plays in the Big Ten East, still has a daunting schedule. Is it a team that can make a bowl game this season? Something I don't believe we've done in the preseason, and even if we have, I think doing it now is going to create a different outcome. I want to do a game-by-game prediction for IU football. We're three days before the start of the football season. We have a better grasp on what this team is, and... I thought it'd be interesting to look at the schedule and look at the the kind of surefire losses that are going to come being in the Big Ten East. Hopefully the surefire wins and how many toss-up games IU has that are going to make or break its season. Let's start the first half of the schedule. Obviously, we're going to start with this Ohio State game that it's going to be a loss you kind of almost just throw this result out the window. It's more the process, how you look during the game. This is almost certainly going to be a loss. Every day, as we'll remember yesterday, we looked at the FanDuel odds and I or uh, Ohio State was favored by 29 and a half points. So it's not only going to be a loss, it's probably going to be a loss that is going to be ugly. So... You kind of throw that result out the window. It's still 29 and a half points. And you try to make the best of it and head into your non-conference schedule knowing how important that's going to be. As long as I use in the Big Ten East, which is only one more season barring something insane happening and IU adding or the Big Ten adding more teams and keeping divisions, this is kind of the last year we're going to have this specific problem. But when you're in the Big Ten East, you absolutely have to win every non-conference game. Two of the three I feel very comfortable about. IU will play Indiana State second week of the season on a Friday, uh, nonetheless. That'll be a win. FCS school, they weren't even a good one at that last season. Uh, That'll be a win for the Hoosiers. I've earmarked for what I consider toss-up games. There are some other games I could see going a different way, but I think there are legitimately four games that are toss-ups. I could hear an argument for IU losing that game. I could hear an argument for IU winning that game. The first of those is against Louisville. Week three, this is going to be a telling game in determining how good IU is going to be this season, the level of interest fans are going to have this season, 
it, it's going to be it's a really important game. <clears throat> it's a Louisville team that kind of on the surface you would think with a new head coach and the turnover that comes with that, uh, you might be able to take advantage of it. But Jeff Brom's kind of had IU's number in recent seasons. I know it was at Purdue, it was at a different school, but uh, he was really taking it to Indiana. So how much is he going to be able to translate that? In week three, I think IU is going to be fortunate to play Louisville and get them when they're still maybe figuring things out under a new head coach. It's going to be in Lucas Oil. That's should be advantage Hoosiers in terms of the fan base. It's going to be interesting to see how full that place gets. Tickets are actually kind of expensive for that game. We'll talk about a, a place you can get them in a minute, but uh, I'll be interested to see how many seats are sold at that game. But the Hoosiers are going to play Louisville. It's gonna. It's very much a toss-up game. You could make an argument that I would believe pretty easily about Louisville winning this game, but I, I err on the side of optimism. Again, every dayers will know that for as long as you've listened, you probably can tell. I typically am an optimistic person. I err on the side of optimism. I have the Hoosiers winning this game. It's going to be a close game, I think. But I have Indiana coming away with a win in this one. And then rounding out non-conference play with a win over Akron. So if you get through the first four weeks and you're 3-1, and one, best case scenario. That is a terrific start to the season. 2-2 two and two puts a lot of pressure on the back half of your schedule. It's not impossible for Indiana to make um, a bowl game, but you have no more wiggle room at that point. Three and one, I think, gives the Hoosiers a little bit of wiggle room in Big Ten play and keeps a bowl game scenario alive. Maryland is a game I almost considered putting in the toss-up category. You maybe could. The fact it's in College Park, the fact I think Tua, I'm a, a big fan of Tualia Tagaviola. I these games have been exciting between the Hoosiers and Maryland really since Tom Allen took over. Uh, maybe even a little bit before that, but certainly since Tom Allen's been in charge, these games have been pretty exciting. And I think this will be an entertaining game, but the game being on the road, this will be the first time Indiana leaves the state of Indiana all season. So first road game, a talented quarterback. Uh, I have this one as a loss for the Hoosiers. There is... It wouldn't take a lot to convince me IU wins this game, but I think the edge right now goes to Louisville. If IU comes out of the gates flying at 3-1, and one, they look strong. I could go into that Maryland game having high expectations. Maryland's going to be an interesting team this season, but they're going to have the quarterback advantage, and I think with similar kind of rosters, if you have the quarterback edge, I'm going to give you the – the edge in the game, but a lot can change between now and that game will take place on September 30th. So exactly a month from now, a lot's going to change between now and then we'll have a better sense uh, then, but right now I have that marked as, as a loss. And then you have one of your kind of automatic losses against Michigan back-to-back -back road games. They will travel to Ann Arbor for this one. Michigan's going to be really good this year. IU typically keeps it close with Ohio State and Michigan and then just kind of falls apart down the stretch and makes the score look worse than it typically is. We might get that 
but I don't see a win in Ann Arbor for this IU team. They got the win in 2020 and savor that because uh, it's probably going to be a while before they can get another win over Michigan. But that means you come out of the first half of the schedule at three and three, which is again, probably best case scenario. I think at worst, you're going to be two and four with a loss to Louisville. Theoretically, you could be four and two with a win over Maryland. That's a really, really, really good outcome. Like that, that is like the, the best possible, everything going right for you outcome at four and two. Three and three feels kind of like the the more realistic best case scenario, whatever that means. But uh, if you come out of this three and three, I feel really good about the Hoosiers going into the back half of the schedule. Now, that being said, the end of this schedule for the Hoosiers is shaped up to be some really interesting games. We'll take a look at the final six games on the schedule and why the final three games in in particular are going to make or break this IU season. Before we do that, let's talk about the Game Time app. I'm going to get it pulled up here on my phone. Uh, it is an awesome app to use. It, it's a, it's stressful buying tickets. It can be, especially if you're trying to wait in line for Taylor Swift tickets or if you're just trying to find the best last-minute deal. You don't know what site to go to. Uh, you don't uh, Most of the time, you don't even know where your seats are going to be. Game Time is the best place to go to find the best prices and know what you're getting. My favorite feature of game time is showing you where your seats are going to be. You can see here, uh, this is, is an example. I'll try to show it. Uh, my, the background may not let me, this is showing you where your seats are going to be. You can click it and then it's my phone's not going to let me show it. But if you rotate your phone, you'll be able to look around and, and see what your view from that part of the stadium is going to be. Game Time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% the difference. So if you're making the drive down to Bloomington, get on the Game Time app, get those flash deals, those last-minute deals, get those tickets. Just download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem Locked On College, all one word, for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. As always, shout out to you guys for making us your first listen every single day. College football season is here and this season Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On College Football Live. 
every Friday. Locked On will go live from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on every Locked On College YouTube channel. So right here, Locked On Hoosiers, subscribe to the YouTube channel. College Football Kickoff Live will cover the playoff implications. Conference rivalry games go in-depth like only Locked On can, including insight and analysis from our stable of Locked On College hosts. They are covering their team every day. Find Locked On College Football uh, kickoff live every Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on any Locked On College YouTube channel. You won't want to miss it. I've said this before. I offered up my services to talk IU football to a national audience. I don't. They kind of left. I don't think that they're they're interested in that. Best case scenario, IU is a bowl team, and maybe we get some some national coverage there. If IU is going to be a bowl team, they're going to have to start the second half of their uh, schedule strong, which will be a home game against Rutgers. Uh, it's between the Maryland and Michigan game. IU will have a bye week. <sighs> Whatever that's worth, uh, you could give them a month to prepare for Michigan, and it's probably not going to change. But if you come into the second half of the schedule with a win over Rutgers, you get a, started off again on the right foot. Um Rutgers, the game last year, I would say at least is one of the worst losses Tom Allen's had in his tenure in Indiana. Maybe the worst. That was inexcusable, I think, in a lot of rights. We talked about it then. Uh, it, it, it was bad. And so this is a Rutgers team that is not going to be a whole lot better. And Indiana should be a better team. And you're playing at home. It's got to be a win. No questions, no ifs, ands, or buts. It's got to be a win. Because then your next two opponents are going to be at Penn State. The Hoosiers, again, typically in the last handful of years, I feel like, have played Penn State decently. But it's uh, it's similar to those, um, those Michigan and Ohio State games where... You play good for three quarters, three and a half quarters, and then you let go of the rope, and that score looks really, um, it looks a lot worse than I think it, it is. So, uh, it this Penn State team I think is going to be really good, and so I don't have a lot of hope for Indiana in this game. I was trying to bring up the uh, recent results in Penn State, uh, Indiana. Because I do feel like it's been somewhat close. Last year, it wasn't forty-five to fourteen. The twenty-four to nothing in State College was—it's hard to say this. It was a close twenty-four to nothing. Um, I used defense played really well in that game, and the offense was awful. I think that was a game Michael Penix got hurt. Obviously, the IU beat them in the COVID year, thirty-four twenty-seven. Before that, thirty-three twenty-eight. So. A number of the games have been close in recent years. I don't know that that'll be the case this season. And then you have Wisconsin. Similar to Jeff Brom and Louisville, you probably would want them at the beginning of the season. This is going to be a an odd Wisconsin team because I couldn't tell you the last time, maybe ever, that Wisconsin hasn't just been this power running game that is just going to beat the ball. Uh, what is it? Three yards in a cloud of dust. That's been Wisconsin football forever and ever. This is going to be a much, much, much more modern 
offense under Luke Fickle. So it's going to be odd to see. Ideally, you would play them at the beginning of the season when they're trying to figure this stuff out. Playing them at the beginning of November, they're probably going to have things figured out. And uh, despite playing them at home, that's a loss to me. So now you're sitting at four and five with three games left. I have all three of these games marked as toss-up games. And I think this is a very likely scenario we have. Where IU is four and five going into the final three weeks, needing to win two of the final three games, and more specifically, needing to win at least one road game, depending on what happens, maybe two road games in that span. It's not encouraging, It's but... This is the jump you want the program to make. Uh, it's hard. It's wild to consider that a jump. This is a level you want the program to be at again, is those bowl games. So the first of those toss-ups. Earnestly, I went a couple different ways on this one. But you're going to be playing at Illinois, November 11th. This is a... It's going to be an interesting contest. I'm interested to see what Illinois is going to be this year. Because Indiana beating them turned out to be an incredible win for the Hoosiers last year. Because that ended up being a really good Illinois team with a really, really good defense. And they look like a good defense, save for the 75, 80-yard drive, whatever it ended up being, to win the game that IU had with Connor Bazelak, where everything felt incredible. Um... This is, I think, going to be a lot worse team. Defensive coordinator's gone. The secondary that was terrific last year is gone. Running back's gone. A lot of guys are gone from this Illinois team. Again, I would feel a lot better getting them at the beginning of the season versus the end of the season. It's a road game. I think these are going to be two pretty evenly matched teams. I went with a loss here. Again, it's a toss-up, and I could very easily make the argument that this is an Illinois team that maybe played a little bit above its head last year, but I'll give Brett Bielema and that staff the benefit of the doubt for right now and say this will be a loss for the Hoosiers at Illinois, which then means two games needing two wins to be bowl eligible. First one of those is at home against Michigan State. The bubbles popped on Michigan State. They, um, IU beat them last year and had no business beating them, but I think that unmasked some of the issues they had. And then they lose a number of key guys after spring practice this year. This could be a really rough year for Mel Tucker and Michigan State. I have IU winning this game. At home, it's a rivalry game. IU's going to end the year with its uh, rivalry games the last two weeks of the season. Again, you're going to be back home for this one. I feel good about this one. And if nothing else, it sets up for a winner-takes-all bucket game at the end of the year. Because then IU is 5-6 and six at this point going into the bucket game. You play Purdue. It's at Purdue. This is a Purdue team that is a lot different than last year. I think they're worse than last year. 
Now, they beat the brakes off Indiana last year after Dexter Williams went down. Are they that much worse and Indiana's that much better to make up the gap? It was 30-16, to 16 and it felt a lot worse than that after the injury. I don't know how much worse they are. I don't know that I'm ever really going to predict a loss to Purdue, but I do think this is very much a toss-up game. And the Hoosiers win this one. Win the bucket back for the first time since 2019 and go bowling. If this is an IU team that goes bowling, my oh my. What a what a turnaround Tom Allen's made. Now I say that those four toss-up games, I had IU going three and one in. I would be surprised if Indiana went three and one in those games. And you have to go three and one or better to make a bowl game. That's the margins Indiana has. There wasn't really a game in there that I thought was a loss that they could turn into a win, save for maybe Maryland outside or the non kind of toss up games. You have no margin for error. Um, you, I could very easily see IU go two and two, one and three in those toss up games. And that really changes the outlook of the season, but it, it's that's the I mean, that's nothing new. For, for IU football in the Big Ten East. These margins have been razor thin for years. Fortunately, you kind of get rid of that next year and moving forward, but uh, one last year, it's going to be a pain in the butt. Six and six, that would be incredible. Absolutely incredible. I think you, I everybody would feel terrific about the program again if IU went six and six and went to a bowl game once again. But again, a lot of that is really best case scenario. Five and seven, four and eight. It depends on how those wins come, what IU looks like uh, in terms of what the vibes are for this program. Let me know what you think. I went through the whole schedule. If you guys made your wins and losses along the way, let me know. I'm probably being too optimistic. I'm aware of that, but that's a lot more fun than being pessimistic. So uh, let me know what your guys' prediction for the schedule is. We have a little bit of IU basketball recruiting. I know I mentioned that it's a Wednesday recruiting show. I did everything I could to find IU basketball recruiting news. I barely could. So I have a little bit. We'll talk about that to wrap up today's episode. So there is a little bit of news about visits coming for IU basketball, other than the ones we we have, which we'll mention in a second. But two notable recruits are planning visits to IU. They don't have them set yet, but they are planning visits to IU. Uh, Jacob Wilkins, who is the son of Dominique Wilkins, and Keon Anthony, who is the son of Carmelo Anthony. Both are planning visits to IU. Mike Woodson has connections with both of their fathers. Woodson was at Atlanta for a long time. Dominique Wilkins was a TV broadcaster in the front office, around the team a lot. There's a relationship there, connection there. Wilkins is uh, the number 29 rated recruit in the 2025 class, a 6'7 forward. So uh, a highly rated prospect that Indiana has kind of this inroads with. Both of these guys, the Hoosiers offered this spring slash summer. I don't remember the exact dates, but they were offered uh, during the offseason, during AAU games and AAU camps and Uh, all that. Anthony is ranked the number 35 prospect in the 2025 class. 
a 6-4 shooting guard. Look, Carmelo has an obvious connection with Syracuse. Bayheim not being there anymore is interesting. What's also interesting is Carmelo is already making recruiting calls for Mike Woodson. He called McKenzie and Baco about Mike Woodson to talk about him. Clearly, he believes very strongly in Mike Woodson. There are few prospects that I feel more strongly about how where IU is kind of positioned with them than I do Keon Anthony. Again, number 35 prospect in the 2025 class, a 6'4 shooting guard. Mel- when I heard that Mello was calling our recruits to talk to them about Mike Woodson, boy, blew me away because he has a son that's going to be making a decision. Now, just because Mike Woodson has relationships with the fathers doesn't mean that they're automatically guaranteed uh, to get both of these recruits, but it matters. It matters a lot. And IU, I think, is really well positioned for both of these guys. Uh, Anthony, kind of most specifically. IU has visits coming up. I kind of marked them out because starting this weekend, there are visits through September. And certainly we'll have a lot more recruiting news over the next month. September 2nd, visiting Indiana will be Jalen Harrelson and Darius Adams, two guards from Lalumere. And Malachi Moreno, a center from Great Crossing in Kentucky. It's worth noting, and we mentioned this before, Jalen Hutchifino is having a camp in Bloomington in Assembly Hall, I believe, this weekend. So, I don't know what's legal, what's allowed. They're going to do everything that's allowed and legal uh, for having any contact with Jalen Hood Shafino and these guys. So a really good time to get these guys into onto campus and looking around. Uh, on September 8th, that's going to be the biggest weekend of the year for Indiana. You have number seven in the 2024 class, Derek Queen. Number nine, Liam McNeely. Number 54, Curtis Givens, all of Montverde. Everybody is going to have that weekend circled. It's going to be an absolutely enormous weekend. I will be very interested if they're going to be at the IU football game, what type of reception they're going to get. People are going to know that they're there. Hopefully the fans recognize it and give them a cheer, give them a chant, whatever it may be. But that's about as big of a weekend as uh, IU is going to have in a long time. And that's even including games. Uh, to have two top 10 recruits that you're very, very well positioned for and a third top 55 recruit on campus at the same time is enormous. September 14th, Austin Swartz, 6'4 shooting guard, number 44 in the 24 class. He'll be on campus. September 23rd, that weekend, number 55, Trent Sicily from, or Sicily, excuse me, from Heritage Hills, 6'8 forward, someone that IU has been very high on in that 2025 class. And number 91 recruit, Alex Alston, a 6'9 forward uh, from Chicago Kenwood, are both going to be on campus for visits. 
that is nine at the very least, and there's more that are going to be coming. That is nine recruits that are nationally ranked in the top 100. Um, seven of those are top 50 recruits. We're, we've said it time and time again. Every day, as we'll know, we did a podcast on this last week. This is the biggest month IU basketball has had in a long time. Biggest weekend, biggest month, a program-altering month ahead of them. It might not alter the program in the month of September specifically, but if you start landing some of these guys in the coming months, weeks, uh, whatever it may be, and you can look back to that September of 2023, uh, that could be a, a month that elevates IU back into kind of that national conversation. So I don't, I think it's impossible to oversell how, uh, how big of a, a, a next four or five weeks are going to be for IU basketball. Absolutely enormous. Thanks as always guys for making lockdown Hoosiers your first listen every day. We'll have all the updates for that month here on locked on Hoosiers. Uh, we will have a crossover episode tomorrow with Jay Stevens of Locked On Buckeyes to get you uh, an in-depth look at Ohio State in the coming or for this game on Saturday, and then we'll have the final preview, things to watch, everything like that on Friday's episode. Follow us on Twitter if you have not already. Subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and review, all of that great stuff. Most importantly, though, guys, hope everybody has a terrific. Wednesday, and as always, Elio. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.